0: Does this sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next?
1: Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning.
0: They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom freedom or personal choice.
2: Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee-woo-wee-woo.
0: And the average, everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another, one of these days will make you do it. Welcome <laughs> back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Joe Oltman.
3: And I'm Ash Epp. Happy National Day of Prayer.
0: Happy National Day of Prayer. We're going to end this in prayer as we do every day, twice a day. Um, yesterday, if you missed it, uh, go back and watch it. And it's really good in the video form because you can actually see Grace. But we got to talk to Scott, um, who was Grace's dad last night. And, uh, I, you know, it was an emotional thing for me. And the, the more emotional part of it, I think, had to do with his... Um, spirit of forgiveness mm. i'm not that guy and so i went home last night and it's that aha moment i was talking to my wife and i was like listen i don't i don't know what it is but like i, I was sitting here listening to the fact that he lost his 19 year old daughter and if i lost my daughter or my son um you know i, I remember what I, what happened when i lost my brother like it just it was terrible and to le- to lose your child to murder and to talk about forgiveness, oh man, it was it was crazy. So you go back; it was probably one of the most moving. And um, God, well, you know, the one we had was pretty God-filled, but this was the, in the morning. But this was, it was a continuation, I guess you could say. Um, and so go back and watch it if you if you if you get a chance to. Um, today, though, we're we're back on focusing on the thing that I think is really really important, um, and the thing that we've focused on for most of the podcasts, um, and that is the election in 2020 that was stolen. And um, you know, the radical left has parroted the disinformation, misinformation thing so much. And now there's a group of people that are saying, okay, that's slander. We're we're all being slandered by these people. So let's just go after them. And Mm -hmm. so that, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a series of lawsuits being filed everywhere so that um, we can force them to look at that information and say, look, you're doing real harm. You're actually harming the country. Um, and it's not, it's political leaders, it's journalists, it's it's journalistic companies. Mm. They're literally slandering people, good people. They're, they're slandering myself, Mike Lindell, you, uh, US uh, EIP, Sean Smith, who served honorably, served his country. And this is what he did in the military, slandering, Lots of, you know, uh, Seth Keshel. I mean, I go down the line. Uh, uh, General Flynn, uh, uh, President uh, Trump, uh, uh, Roger Stone. I mean, the, the list is so long.
3: Anybody who's against the narrative. Anybody who says the wrong thing or is guilty of wrongthink. think. Um,
0: so so but we, we can just start c- creating lawsuits everywhere. Yeah. And those lawsuits of slander will stick. And I'll tell you why they'll stick. Because the evidence is so overwhelming it's so overwhelming that it's impossible to ignore. Yep. It's impossible to ignore unless you're complicit in the behavior or you're a part of it. But there's the only the only ways that you can say that the the election fraud, and, and we're going to talk about two, 2,000 mules. Mm-hmm. You went to see it last night. I did. How was did. It? It,
3: it? Stunning, enraging, um, hopeful. I didn't think that I could learn more about... This issue. I mean, I know you know from a technical standpoint how they did it, algorithms, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, there's there's things that I don't know, but in terms of large broad strokes, they with two thousand mules, they show that there is enough actual hard evidence in terms of artifacts and video evidence, um, cell phone data and tracking, actual evidence to overturn the 2020 election. The left has to be terrified, the Republicans have to be terrified about this film, and um, we'll get into that. But I want before we talk too much about elections, I wanted to talk a little bit about National Day of Prayer. So um, today is National Day of Prayer. National Day of Prayer has a long history in this country. So you can actually trace it back to 1775 when the Second Continental Congress set aside a day of prayer for Americans to pray to be under the constant care of Providence. Um, Back important, prayer was important in our, in our very founding. For many years after that, uh, various days of prayer were, were designated by different presidents. For example, President Lincoln um, in 1863 set aside a day of prayer to get through the awful calamity of the Civil War, that's a quote from him, and to heal the nation. Then in 1952, Congress and President Truman set aside National Day of Prayer for all Americans to pray for the nation. Um, interestingly, I thought this was interesting. It was it was uh, that effort for that National Day of Prayer in 1952 was spearheaded by Conrad Hilton of Hilton Hotels, which oh, wow. I thought was interesting. Um, not really a name synonymous with prayer, considering his his uh, descendants. Um, and then in from this is this is kind of my favorite part. <laughs> government. From 1974 to 1988, the, there, there was a National Prayer Committee, and it took them 14 years. They tried out many different flavors, um, different events and occasions for a National Day of Prayer. But in 1988, President Reagan designated the first Thursday in May to be the National Day of Prayer, and it remains so today. And so I think having it, you know, with, with kind of what happened to us yesterday morning on the show, we had a completely different show Planned, um, wires got crossed, things got cancelled, and God kind of took over. Right. And I think that, you know, now when I was um I I, I was looking through last night and prepping for the show, I was looking through this this book. It's the American Patriots Almanac by Bill Bennett. Um, one of my favorite favorite books. And what's interesting is it's the third Thursday, right, in in um May, but in this book it's actually May 5th. That's listed as National Day of Prayer, which just feels poetic, Um, but uh, you know this is intended to be a national day of fasting and prayer. Be ever the the quote from 1775 is to be ever under the care and protection of a kind providence, as they were struggling for independence, just beginning to struggle for independence. So we have set the intention to pray every day on this show. there are a few quotes that I wanted to read about prayer. Uh, this is from Martin Luther. I thought it was funny. In the chat yesterday, I think someone confused Martin Luther with Martin Luther King Jr. We were talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And then um, somebody was, was making a whole bunch of, of claims about Martin Luther. And I have a quote from Martin Luther. just thought that was a little bit funny. Quote, as is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to make shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. And another, um, this I think is particularly relevant uh, given what we're going through in society. This is also from Martin Luther. Prayer is a strong wall and fortress of the church. It is a goodly Christian weapon. Um, And then from E.M. Bounds, prayer is the one prime eternal condition by which the Father is pledged to put the Son in possession of the world. Christ prays through his people. And so I was... um, You know, just really just the fact that it's National Day of Prayer, the fact that we have for, you know, a few weeks been trying to really have intention um, in prayer for this show. Uh, And then yesterday I, um, I had ordered something and received it. It was a product that was associated with a Christian company and they had like stickers and stuff in the package. Right. And one of the things that was in the package was a bookmark and you can't see it super well. I'll put it up on my telegram. I'll take a picture of it and put it up on my telegram. But it's called Praying Through Psalms. Um, and it's a five-step guide to help you move closer to God through meditating on His Word. And I thought the fact that I got this yesterday, with everything that happened yesterday, with you know just the the show that that was just so God-filled, I think this is not all random occurrences, no, right? It's not. And so this five-step guide, I want to just um, to read to you guys. It's really quick, and I think it's 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 this just came in the mail for me yesterday, and I think it's excellent. So. It's a five-step guide to help you move closer to God through meditating on his word. The first step is to read a psalm. Second step, to repent. Ask, what is this passage convicting you of? And pray to repent of the sins revealed and ask for the Lord's abundant mercy. Request. Ask, what is the psalmist asking of the Lord? And bring your requests and, and those of others before God. Rejoice ask what attributes, provisions, promises of God are highlighted in the passage and spend some time thanking God for who he is, what he's done and what he promises to hold and respond. How do these things change the way you live and start applying that to your life today. So it's five steps to pray through the Psalms. They're all ours. Read, repent, request, rejoice, respond. And like I said, I'll put this up on my Telegram and then you can share it on yours. Absolutely. And, um, but I just, I, I think, you know, God is doing such a big thing um, in the in our nation right now. And uh, and, and we're gonna bring on our, our two guests here in just a second, which I think is a um, they, their actions of the past 24 hours are evident that God is doing a a very big thing in our nation
0: so before we do that I'm going to do an ad read for one of our sponsors um, IP vanish if you're tired of someone always watching you over the internet maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you you're concerned about the privacy of your identity using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online you can use IP vanish on your computers tablets and phones even uh, devices like your fire stick when you're streaming media When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. That means that your private details um, will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands, including passwords. Even your physical location will be hidden. It makes you virtually invisible online. Um, uh, IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for and everything you buy. Go to IPVanish.com daily. Use promo code daily and receive your 70% off. Now, uh, By the way, just as a, a, a disclaimer, you cannot use that um, when you're trying to use uh, uh, apps like uh, Tesla. So you have to turn it off, turn it back on. It's pretty easy to use. But.
3: All right. So, uh, I, as you said, I went to see Two Thousand Mules last night. Yeah. Um, before the movie, and we're going to talk about the movie after uh, after we talk to our guests. Um, before the movie, the SB twenty two one fifty-three hearing was going and it was the, the movie theater was like a tailgate party. We had the hearing playing on the speakerphone and we were listening to Representative Hanks and Representative Luck and Representative Williams all defend the rights of the people and try to protect our election systems. And then we watched the movie and then when we the movie was over, we put the hearing back on because the hearing was still going it was going until almost midnight last night and so i'm really happy that we have representative stephanie luck and representative dave williams dave let's go brandon williams uh joining us now
0: welcome to the show
4: good morning
3: Oh, we're so happy that you guys are with us today. So I was, uh, you know, I I took a break from watching the hearing to watch 2000 mules and then went right back to it. I had a lot of reactions. I was there, you know, in spirit with you and I was watching, um, the entire, the entire thing until they finally adjourned, uh, I think right, right up almost around midnight last night. Um, representative Williams, I'll give it to you first, uh, kind of overall impressions of the session. Did it go the way that you thought it would? Um, any surprises? Uh, what were your kind of initial takeaways? No, it
4: pretty much, you know, played out the way I figured it would play out. We tried to run some reasonable amendments that we thought maybe the Democrats might take a bite on, but they didn't want to do anything. In fact, they were getting their marching orders from the Secretary of State's office, who was literally in the chamber, uh, you know, engaging in intimidation tactics against the uh, Democrats uh, in the majority in the chamber. Uh, We didn't notice it until towards the end of the debate, but once we we saw that, I I made it a point and others made it a point to let the world know that they were there trying to exercise undue influence uh, on the body.
3: And that was a moment for me during the live stream where I literally laughed out loud when (laughs) Representative Williams stood up there and he's like, you know, great work. I don't remember exactly what your words were, but great work to the secretary of state's office who's, you know, working hard to coach the legislators or something along those lines. (laughs) I wanted to pull that clip, but the video was eight hours and I couldn't download it in time to cut it up. But it was, that was, that was pretty awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've never seen that kind of level of uh, interference from the executive branch uh, normally, we don't like it when Governor Polis gets involved, but his staff and his, even himself, they don't actually sit in the gallery watching over uh, the members. Uh, they usually do their intimidation in secret or behind closed doors. But to actually see the Secretary of State's office in there, texting, giving you know Lifeline uh, support to uh, the sponsors because they couldn't answer some of our questions... It, it was a whole new experience that I've never seen in the, in the six years that I've been up, uh, in Denver.
0: Do you think this is a breakdown? I'm sorry. Do you think this is a breakdown of just the basic, um, you know, we call it the Supreme Court, in the Supreme Court where they leaked the uh, draft? This, this, this reminds me of the same thing. There's just a huge lack of accountability and lack of ethics. And, and this is just that, that slippery slope It's gotten all the way to the bottom where the state of lawlessness has just destroyed the credibility of the legislative group.
4: For sure. The credibility of the legislature is absolutely in question because we have one-party rule in Colorado, and that's compounded by the fact that a lot of these elected officials, especially the Secretary of State, they're a bunch of bullies. Mm-hmm. And I, I I guarantee you, Democrats do not like Jenna Griswold. They will openly say they do not like Jenna Griswold, but they are absolutely afraid of her. And this speaks to a separation of powers issue. Right. We are the legislature. We are an independent branch And we're supposed to be engaging in checks and balances. But when the executive gets into the legislature and intimidates the legislators, there's no way that we're going to be able to have actual checks and balances or separation of powers to hold each other accountable. This is uh, one of the most egregious bills that I've seen in my six years. It's a clear power grab. And um, Griswold is making it clear, if you don't toe the line, we're going to punish you.
3: Well, and, you know, to me, I, my hypothesis is that the role of why they were there was to make sure the bill wasn't amended, right? Because if it's amended, it has to go back to the Senate. It prolongs it, and they really want to get this passed before the end of the legislative session. They want to get it passed before the primaries, right? And so that's that's my hypothesis. But Representative Luck, you um, took a, you know, a, my, I... I fumbling over my words you made me cry last night uh when we you know i was i was sitting and listening and you know every time the um the democrats got up to snarkily say that none of these amendments are necessary and my favorite one was when the voting rolls uh there's nothing wrong with them so we don't need to amend the bill to have a voluntary option to opt out of being registered to vote because right now people are automatically registered to vote and even if you go in to try and get yourself removed off the rolls what we found through canvassing uh is that um it doesn't happen right those people still there's there's a guy down in colorado springs who notoriously goes after every single election and tries to get his dead wife off the rolls and he continues to have to do that after every election right but they're so flippant And they're so dismissive of any concerns about our election. And I find that really stunning in a time when there is, uh, you know, such such division and such questioning of the integrity of our election. So, Representative Luck, what was your, um, you know, your kind of reaction? Any any surprises for you?
2: No, not any surprises. It's just more of the same it's an unfortunate situation up here, wherein often our ideas are dismissed as as foolish, <laughs> and yet so often we just bring common sense to problems. Last night, I, as you know, read your report, the USI EIP report, and just made clear we aren't the gold standard. We have issues, and here you have individuals who went out and spent their nights and weekends trying to figure out what's what and really what's going on and they pr- prepared this report and it shows that we have issues and so we need to do something and as you know from watching the majority decided that no we're going to keep with our original plan and not address any of these these issues to truly bring about election security
3: well, there's something very poetic as well, I think, about the fact that it, I posted this on Twitter last night. There's no daylight, Representative uh, Williams, as you said, there's no daylight between the executive branch and the legislative branch in Denver, in the Capitol building. They are controlled. What we see in the legislature from the Democrats is theater, right? They're going through already what's already been decided for them, and you know they've got the the Secretary of State's office up in the gallery. I think that there's something very, um, you know, there's a there's a certain symmetry to this happening in a bill to get rid of local checks and balances that we're, we've already gotten rid of the checks and balances between the legislative and the executive branches and now we're getting rid of any additional local oversight. That was kind of how I saw it.
2: Well, and anytime you consolidate power into the hands of one person or one small group of people, we should be concerned. Our founders knew that that was the road to tyranny or that was indeed tyranny. And these types of measures that we see more and more in a variety of, of fields and areas of law really should cause people to sit up and take notice and say, do we live in a free and fair and just environment anymore. And if they answer that question, no, then it behooves us all to engage and to push back and to say it is the consent of the governed. And we do not give consent to these particular measures.
0: So, so I I have a question and, and we, I sat on a call last night with about six or seven attorneys and we were walking through these, some of these are constitutional attorneys. We were walking through the bill's ability to withstand a constitutional um, uh, challenge. And there's about 15 or 16 different parts of the bill that cannot, the consolidation cannot survive a constitutional um, challenge. And they said that the likelihood of that bill standing in, in part or in full, that, that the, the likelihood of being struck down nearly fully um, was, uh, you know, near ni- I mean, I, th- I don't want to quote anyone by saying this, but near nearly 100%. Um, how do you feel about that? Has anybody in the, in the, the, the Republican area or um, the lawyers that work within the group for the legislation, any of them have, have had a conversation about the, the possibility of an immediate injunction?
4: Um, unfortunately, Joe, most in the Republican um, Party don't really care about this bill. Um, a lot of the, cler- yeah, the clerks association, which most of them are Republicans, actually support this bill. And so there doesn't appear to be any movement on the part of at least the Republican establishment to try and challenge this in court. There are constitutional problems to it, uh, for sure. This is a complete power grab that you know, cuts contrary to um, the will of, of these counties and these voters. I mean, the, 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 the clerk is the chief election officer for that county and they are empowered by the people to administer these elections in accordance um, with the wills and desires of that county. And this is the secretary of state coming in and violating uh, the consent of the governed. So with that in mind, you know, the question is, what can we do about it? And I'm not sure what can be done. We can try and litigate it. But the big issue that we face is uh, we have a hostile uh, court system here in Colorado, as, as you are well aware of, Joe. Um,
0: yeah, oh yeah.
4: Where Another chicken point They've been appointing these Democrats to the bench for decades now, and it's hard to get justice in any way. Uh, and, And unfortunately, it's just something that we have to live with and deal with and try to navigate through.
0: Well, I think I think that part of the and Stephanie, I'll get your thoughts on this as well. Actually, let me get your thoughts first, and then I'll tell you what I think. Stephanie.
2: She might. She might be. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Could you re-ask that? I had to run to the chamber really quickly.
0: Oh, I was just the, the the question was whether or not the bill could survive a constitutional a constitutional challenge, and whether or not there was any sort of appetite. Um, uh, Rep. Williams said that there was no appetite uh, with the Republicans, but is there any sort of is there any even fire? I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. There, there's obviously a, a there's also there's obviously a constitutional challenge that could be p- placed, um, and you know after sitting on a call with these six attorneys, they all said that it could not survive a constitutional challenge. So I don't know how you feel about that.
2: I, I mean. I will say that the introduced version, the one that started in the Senate, was much more egregious than the one that we still have yet to vote on to pass out of the House. And so in in some ways, the most egregious parts that would have been easy to attack in the courts were taken out. But what remains still can easily be challenged, and I hope that it is. But that's going to require pressure being placed on different other elected officials who might be able to bring suit
3: well and it's going to require i think the people to bring those suits because as um as representative williams said you know one of the things that i find really um interesting is with the fentanyl bill last week we saw the republican party go all out Right. There was every every Republican leader was tweeting about the fentanyl bill, was, you know, calling out the, Repu- the the Democrat establishment. They threw everything in the kitchen sink at that fentanyl bill. And last night, at the time that you guys were debating SB 22153 on the House floor, I looked up KBB's Twitter and nothing, nothing. There's 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 zero appetite. Now, obviously, if you're paying attention SB twenty two one fifty three is way more important to the but, people but, of but Colorado.
0: But but here's my problem: is that the Republican Party represents the same arm as the Democrat Party. Right. They are two wings of the same bird. They they represent the same interest. These people have been lying to us to get a, to appointed into office, and and to 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 become tech county clerks and recorders, only to become a part of a, a greater, um, you know, I call it fraternity of people that are that are doing the biddings of. Some pretty evil people at the top. I mean, and it doesn't represent the interests of the people. And I think that's my issue is that that this bill is the most important thing, and yet people yes. have been told to either stand down or they're complicit in that behavior. Dave, I'll give you the. I'll get, I'll let you comment on that because you already know how I feel about that.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think you're you're off base. Not not. It's it's apparent that there is a Republican establishment who colludes with the Democrats. And it helps enables them to, to engage in these types of power grabs or, or ruin our state through policy. Because they don't care. They don't care if, if Democrats are in power so long as they get a piece of the pie, so to speak. As long as they're, you know, invited to the table, as long as they're, you know, getting invited to the governor's mansion and getting a patent on pat on the back, they're gonna go with it. Um, they don't care about elections. And, in fact, they don't even want us talking about elections. That's why you're not hearing anything from Republicans right now. Um, there's only a few of us conservative Republicans in the House that really fought on this. Um, and we you know, tried our best. We tried to offer sensible amendments. Like, you got to get rid of the dead people off the voter rolls. No, we don't want to do that. Democrats don't want to do that didn't hear anything from the outside uh, Republican establishment on the, the need to do that, right? And, and, and I'll say it again. there were clerks, Republican clerks that voted or voted to support this bill through their association and have pushed this bill. And then when Ron Hanks tried to offer his uh, election integrity bills, they opposed it and openly did so. We have a problem in the Republican Party. They don't care about election integrity and if we're actually going to win, we got to make a change.
3: Yeah, and I want to talk about the clerks for a second because um, I've been working with, with you know, t- through USCIP trying to make change through the clerks and county commissioners for over a year. What we find in Colorado, and I can say conclusively now that this is a pattern in other states as well, this is a playbook that's being run, is that they're, they're, the Co- Colorado Cl- County Clerks Association that we have, which is a um, non-government entity, that is funded through clerks paying dues with tax dollars as well as other third-party funds that come into this entity, they are, in essence, setting all of the policy for the clerks statewide. And they come around the clerks. Uh, This is in Colorado. It's Matt Crane. Um, There is I I can say that there's this organization in Utah, Michigan, um, Florida, Georgia. This is a playbook that's being run all over the country. We elect clerks. But they've made our election system so complicated that they need somebody like a Matt Crane to come in and, you know, explain all the technical details and all the the nuance of our voting system. So what we end up with and I can show you through Cora that Matt Crane loves to give out talking points to Democrats and Republicans about how to talk about our elections, not the people that you've elected. Matt Crane, who is unelected and who is what I basically think is Jenna Griswold's lapdog, right? I mean, he's there with her, holding her purse for her as she is uh, berating Tina Peters, as she is talking about, you know, the grassroots activists that are fighting for election integrity. But these organizations come around the clerks. I don't I in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that the clerks are Um, malicious or have any malintent, I think they've been deceived. And I think they've been deceived by Matt Crane. Now, there are some clerks, right, that are, at you know, we've got uh, Ortiz or Coppice or or Browerman who have been shown proof and evidence and have been given the benefit of the doubt more times than they deserve and they can kin- continue to double down on the fraud system and to repe- repeat flawed talking points but on the whole the majority of clerks are not i don't think that they're on that that they're bad guys in this i think they've been deceived and i think that that decei- that, that 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 deception is criminal um representative luck what do you think
2: well, I agree with you. I think that there is a desire to believe that everything's good and that everybody is an honest actor mm-hmm. and that there is no malintent and that we can just continue to do our best and, and everything will work out. And our founders knew otherwise. Our founders understood human yeah. nature and to be what it is. And they set up systems in order to put ambition against ambition, in order to ensure checks and balances so that no one party would be able really to deceive the other in in any way that would matter, right? In any way that would actually hinder liberty. But as I said earlier, when you begin to consolidate power in the hands of one or a few, then all of that system goes by the wayside and all of the protections of that system go by the wayside. And so it is very concerning when you have these moves to, to put all of the decision making in the hands of, of one person.
3: Uh, absolutely. So I mentioned that you made me cry last night, and then I kind of we, we went on a tangent. I didn't come back to that point. So, when, so as you said, you read the Colorado canvassing report, which was put out by USCIP. Now, I, I had nothing to do with this report. I canvassed. I knocked on doors and talked to voters. But the report was done by statistical and mathematical experts. I am not one of those. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I, I saw the results of the report um, along with everyone else, and the resort the the results of the Colorado canvassing report are in effect that one in ten Colorado voters, conservatively, one in ten Colorado voters are affected by some sort of election anomaly that that may or may not be fraud, worth investigating. One right? in ten. One in ten. What did I say?
0: So and what what did uh, what what did what was the margin in 2020? I mean, do you know what the margin was of victory for um, Biden over over Trump in Colorado? Yeah, yeah,
3: I don't have it handy.
0: So, so I think the interesting part about this deal is that all is we're asking for. I mean, I mean, I mean, and and Representative Williams, I, I know you as Dave, so I'm just going to call you Dave. Sorry, I've always called you Dave. I'm going to call you Dave. I, I don't want to mean any disrespect by not, uh, you know, uh, you know, your position, but we're friends, so I'm going to call you Dave. Dave. Um, mm-hmm. My my question to you is is simple. Are you trying to sway the elections or do you just want fair and free elections? Do you want transparency? I mean is it, it you know what is the ultimate goal? What 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 do you think amassed the people are really looking for? Is it is it to just screw things up and create chaos?
4: it's it's just to have fair elections i mean with, my biggest problem with with colorado is we keep getting told we have the gold standard but then when i want to look under the hood to make sure the engine's running properly everyone says no and they not only say no there you now have the the mechanic saying if you look under it we're going to find you we're going to punish you right. we're not going to allow any of it um that's a That's a major red flag. If if we do truly have the gold standard, then there should be no problem with us being able to look into every aspect of the election process. If you have something to hide, though, then you're not going to want independent auditors coming in. You're not going to want the people to come in. One of the things that really set me off last night was I tried to offer an amendment saying, okay, fine if we're if you're saying that people can do a quora request meaning we we can look at uh, open records uh, because they belong to the people then let's remove all barriers to uh, to that such as the fees that the government imposes to to stop people like us from looking at it because they kept saying oh anyone can just quora just quora the ballots just quora all this that and the other Um, and then I'm like, okay, fine, let's remove the fees because I remember in Jefferson County, they charged the Republican party $20,000 to look at those ballots. I said, let's get rid of that. Democrats rejected it. They are lying to us. They don't want us looking at the facts. They don't want us uncovering the truth. They don't want us investigating anything. And that should frighten everyone because if we don't have fair elections, we don't have a country.
3: Yeah. The truth doesn't hide from scrutiny. Um, And certainly the gold standard, right, Uh, shouldn't hide from scrutiny. There shouldn't be um, no ability to look. So last night uh, at the eight hour and three minute mark, and again, I wish I could have clipped this, but um, I I didn't download the eight hour video long enough. But so uh, representative, like you're reading the canvassing report, you finish and then you give your remarks on that and this this is the part that made me cry because i really felt in that moment and others did as well because i was speaking to them that at that time you were you stepped into the authority of speaking for the people of colorado i felt like the spirit of god was on you and you were really i mean you were talking for me at that point you were speaking for everybody that i know that cares about this issue and really from the heart um pleading with your colleagues to to come to their senses and return to reason and i am at some point going to clip this video and and share it everywhere because the remarks were just so powerful but can you tell us a little bit um representative luck about what was going what was going on for you in that moment because for me the energy shifted in that chamber you had um at the time that you were reading the canvassing report, you had Democrats heckling and you had all, all kinds of nastiness. But at that moment when you finished and you, um, you know, you started speaking from your heart, it quieted down in there. Something changed in there. And I'm just wondering what it was like to be in, in the chamber in that moment.
2: Yeah, I, I believe that you have pinpointed exactly my experience there was a lot of pushback as I was reading the report, a lot of laughter, a lot of mockery, a lot of, you know, the normal things that go on. And then as I started to comment on it, there was a lot of of people who, there were a lot of people who shifted to actually paying attention. And I don't know that, that I got through to them necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do believe that what I said was needing to be said we have to come to a position where we understand that this issue is not a partisan issue if we can't trust that the process works we can't trust anything beyond the process if if the vast majority of our people vacillate between yes our elections are fine or no they aren't based off of who wins the election right in 2016 2017 2018 we had all of the democrats going insane over the fact that there had to have been some problem some some invasion of the election system in order for Trump to win over Clinton. And then in 2020, you have a reverse of that situation. If we can't trust the process, then we can't trust the, the, the rulers, the, the, the governors, the people that we put in authority over us to make these decisions. And then where does that leave us? It leaves us in a place of greater lawlessness. It leaves us in a place of greater division and strife. And so coming to terms with a good process that everyone can say, yes, this is a good process and we can trust it, is absolutely essential to preserving our republic. And my colleagues didn't seem to actually want to have that conversation. And whether that's because they thought that they already had the solution and there was no way of improving it, or whether, as was stated before, they actually don't want to address the problem I can't speak to that, but I do know that if we don't deal with this, we are going to see long range consequences that are dire. And I don't want that. I don't want that for our state. I don't want that for our nation.
0: You know, I, th- I think that as we, as we, kind of figure out what's happening with the election fraud, I think that, you know, the the reason why this is more of a lightning rod is because the massive reports, not just the canvassing report, but the massive reports that came out of Mesa County, the third of which it was done by uh, Jeff O'Donnell and others that points, literally points to um, true fraud. And the fact that even the county commissioners in Mesa were not elected. They were not duly elected in Mesa County. And... You know, to, to look at that and look at the persecution against Tina Peters and the the mockery that you faced, Representative Luck, I, I don't, I, I'm trying to reconcile that with common sense. I'm trying to reconcile that with sensibility. And I, I can't, I can't understand, as you said, uh, Dave, that, that um, we just want free and fair elections. They won't let us look under the hood. And when we do look under the hood and we find massive things, they say nothing to see here. Mm. It flies in the face of common sense and common decency, and I think that this bill just kind of layers on that and allows for some really, really bad people to get away with some really bad things. And that is the fear that I have. And after five days of spending time in Alaska, where I got to bring my blood pressure down to a place where I'm, I'm actually back. I, I feel like I'm back to being more, more. You know, when you're when you're tense 24 hours a day, you operate up here. Your your life is just it's different, right? You, you want to just bash everyone's face in, uh, that, that is a threat. It's, it's just the way it is. I mean, by the way, it's, 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 it's equivalent to PTSD, but as I get back down here, I look at all of these different things. And my fear is that it's going to push people to a place where they don't feel like they have a choice. Like this, this is by the way, how civil wars are started. This is how they're started is by, but by layering on evil, layering on things over the truth, and making people feel like they're basically being smothered, and um, I, I think it's it's a huge, dangerous precedent. And this is probably not the state that they wanted to do it in.
3: Well, and it, to me, they they you know the I, I don't like talking about civil war. Um, I'm committed to fighting like hell for this division in our country to have a peaceful resolution. I um, I think that the the Uniparty side wants us to be at war. I feel sometimes like we're being punked, right? I mean, the other night uh, when the Roe versus Wade thing came out, there was this post about uh, leftists using horse ulcer medication to induce an abortion and i'm like okay so horse ulcer ulcer medication is okay but horse paste ivermectin is not we're being punked right i feel a lot of times that they're pushing us for this and that's why you know for the both of you as well as representative hanks and representative holtorf and um uh you know small, very small group of legislators, you're not just fighting, you know, for your, consti- I mean, you're absolutely fighting for your constituents. You're kind of the only ones who are fighting for your constituents. Um, but you're fighting, you're fighting your own party, right? And that's thats what I just find um, unacceptable and unforgivable. To me, we know who the Democrats are, right? We know exactly what they're about. They don't hide it. They're, they're communists, they're godless, they're, um, focused on do what thou wilt. Um, the Republicans are supposed to be different and they look exactly the same and they're fighting the same battle against the people, against your constituents. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for the both of you. Um, but I wonder, you know, how do we, how do we change it? Right? I mean, the, the obvious answer is vote for new Republicans, but we you know uh, th- we've got half the country that doesn't vo- trust our voting system right so
0: 61 percent as yeah. of this morning
3: oh a new poll came out yeah there was a oh. poll this
0: morning 61, eh, i don't know how good the poll is or isn't right i mean polls are notoriously bad but
3: yeah no i mean it's yeah so uh rea- reactions um and then i definitely i want to i want you guys to transition and talk about your resolution that you're bringing i think next week to the to the floor so um, I know we're, we're getting tight on time, but well, uh, Representative Williams, I'll throw it to you.
4: Sure. I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the benefit of this country is that we've been traditionally able to settle our disputes and resolve matters through the ballot box. And when, when people can't trust elections, that's when there's an increased risk to violence because people aren't being heard, their voices aren't being counted properly. And we have to do everything we can to resist uh, efforts to take us away from the civil uh, society that we have and the process that we have to resolve these disputes. And what's particularly frustrating for a conservative Republican like me is that we get ignored, not just by Democrats, but also Republicans who, again, do not care. As long as there's the small group of people in power that can maintain their own power, they're satisfied. They're not working for the people. They're working for themselves. You guys are the boss. We work for you. We're supposed to be servants of the people, but through the process or, or course of politics with the with this group of people, the establishment, they have they have ignored that. And so the question is, what do we do in order to succeed? How do we how do we push back? And I don't have all the answers, but what I do tell people is, I can't defend a vote that you don't cast. You have to cast your vote regardless of what yes. is going on because if you don't cast it, then I, that's one less thing that I can hang my hat on. That's one less uh, ballot that I can point to saying we need to secure that and make sure that that is counted properly. Um, no question, the, the establishment in both parties, they're gaslighting us. I, I had the same reaction that you did, Ash when they're saying go ahead and take this this horse medicine to have an abortion but you can't do it when it comes to covid the whole world is upside down right now our our country is falling apart at the seams and we need to try and get new leaders in place who are actually going to serve the people yeah i fight for my district But I tell everyone this, even though you can't vote for me in some other district, I can vote for you each and every day I'm at the Capitol. And that's the job of every state legislator. And that should be the goal of every elected official to defend your liberties, regardless of what constituency they may represent.
3: Amen.
0: (laughs) And then then, uh, Representative Dave Williams, you are running for office. Tell us more. Because I'm endorsing you Bet. I mean, I, I, I you, 100% you endorse you. I know that I have I've been doing uh, endorsement uh, videos literally for the last two weeks. I got to do another one today at three o'clock all over the country. Um, but you have my endorsement. So whatever you need me to do, I will do.
4: Sure, sure. You got, you bet. Yeah, I'm running for United States Congress. Um, we have a congressman here in the sixth congressional district that is not serving the people. You know, And at a certain point, I had to decide whether or not I was going to give an option to the voters, if I was going to put up or shut up. Uh, but this is a guy who is mired in scandals, um, He claims to be a conservative, but then votes for Planned Parenthood funding or gun control funding, supports Dominion voting systems. He's one of these guys who actually believes in the, quote, gold standard of Colorado. This is a guy who supports open primaries. Um, this guy is not a friend uh, to the 5th Congressional District, he's not a friend to America. Um, I'll, I'll give him a little credit, he's not the worst congressman, right? I mean, there are worse people, like Nancy Pelosi, but I think uh, it, if we're going to clean up our country, if we're going to do better, then we have to start in our own party. We have too many sellout Republican rhinos who don't fight for the people. And they end up uh, getting to Washington and cutting deals, compromising and feathering their own nests. And so we need to get rid of those bums and put in fighters who are going to fight for the American people, fight for the Constitution, and make sure that our elections are secure. And so if people want to help me, go to my website, DaveForColorado.com. Please donate. Please volunteer. Because I'm running against a machine. I'm running against a, a guy who will sell out so long as, as he gets uh, PAC contributions to his uh, to his campaign efforts. I'm not fueled by the, the PACs. I'm fueled by the people, because I'm going to be the people's congressman in the 5th CD.
3: So, um, Representative Luck, you and Representative Williams are working on a resolution uh, that has nothing to do with elections, um, but it's, it's a pretty darn good resolution. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it?
2: Yes, thank you. So sorry i'm getting some feedback it's it's causing me to
0: um, we we can't hear it so you're good on our end oh
2: good okay so we are running a resolution in order to apologize to the people of colorado for the policies that the state undertook in response to covid19 as you guys know When um, that virus came out, there was a lot of concern and and fear, uncertainty, and so the government responded in a variety of ways, shut down businesses, shut down schools, masked people up, required a whole host of of things to be done, and we now know, and, and many of us knew while it was happening, that that wasn't the right course of action to take, and it actually caused more harm than it provided benefit, and so our resolution just outlines some of those harms, names some of those harms, acknowledges some of those harms and that suffering that our people have endured over the last couple of years, and at the end of the resolution resolves, one, to thank everyone for all that they did to stay the course, especially those who were serving on the front lines in varying ways, two, to acknowledge that we made mistakes, three, to apologize for those mistakes, four to ask forgiveness for those mistakes and five, to to commit to learning from them so as never to repeat them again. We think this is an important way in order to bring healing to the people of Colorado. There's not much more that we can do um, except for just acknowledge that we see the suffering, we see all of the brokenness that has been caused as a result of the decisions that those in authority have made. And, And it is our view that good leaders take responsibility for their actions, whether those actions are praiseworthy or whether those actions you know, really do need to be reconsidered. And so we have this resolution. It will be up in committee. We we understand it will be up in committee in the State Affairs Committee in the House this coming Monday. And we invite anyone who has a COVID related story to come and tell that story. We we know of spouses who weren't able to say goodbye to their their spouse because the hospital visitation rules we know of parents who are struggling with children who now are have lost a whole set of learning or who are struggling with emotional and social issues because of the responses in the school system you know any any obviously there are those who lost their businesses who spent 20 years building a business poured their heart and soul and life savings into it and as a result of these policies lost everything you know and and on and on the story goes so anyone who has a tale to tell. We invite to come and present before the committee so that they can hear you, they can see you, and they can acknowledge what has happened, and, and so that we can apologize on behalf of the state.
5: Real quick before we go on, we have one more sponsor, which is Crowd CrowdHealth. Uh, health insurance is no longer something that really takes place between you and your doctor anymore. And lobbyists are fighting to make sure that they won't have competition, and you won't have options. So crowd health is not health insurance. And that's why it works. There's no deductibles networks, complicated exclusions or co pays. You see any doctor you want, pay for the first $500 and submit any bills from there. The crowd health community takes care of the rest. So crowd health is a new way to pay for healthcare. Uh, Again, there's no doctors networks, no premiums, high deductibles, and there's no surprises. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account which for most people is less than $200 a month. Uh, 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the healthcare costs of the community. Unlike health insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com right now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. 50% off. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code freedom at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Promo code is freedom. Disclaimer: Health is not an insurance company. It's not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. So terms and conditions may apply.
3: I uh, I think it I think it's incredible and I think it is the mark of a true leader to take accountability when, when things have adverse events that you didn't foresee or um, that, uh, you know, that hurt your constituents. And I, I applaud those efforts. I want to thank both of you for coming on with us. I know you guys are waiting to be called back into the chamber to vote on stuff. And uh, so we really appreciate you taking, taking time. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Dave, I'll ask you first.
4: Sure. Uh, go to my website, DaveForColorado.com. That's D-A-V-E-F-O-R-Colorado.com. Donate. Uh, go to the contact form. Let me know how you want to help or get plugged in, and we'll get you plugged in.
3: And Representative Luck, where can people find you?
2: StephanieLuck.org. Awesome. Thank
3: that's
0: you. That's for- S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, Luck, N- L-U-C-K. That's right. That's okay, I just, just want to make sure yeah. that people didn't try to... Phonetically spell it or spell it other ways. <laughs> Dave, you're easy. Thank you. All right.
2: Thank
3: God you bless both you so both. much. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Whew.
0: So, you know.
3: Heroes. They're both heroes. They, they are. There's like four. There's there's well, four. Well, there's a couple more than four.
0: There's a couple more than four, right? And, and you know, the, the one thing that I tell Dave is that um, he's going up against Lamborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lamborn started out as this fiery figure, and like ma- like many times, what happens is they lose their they lose their bearings. And a lot of the reason why you lose your bearings in politics is because they find a way to find out what your you know how they can get to you. It's either money, they compromise you in some way. It's it's sex, drugs. They're going to find a way to get into your world and say, we're gonna, we're gonna come after you. They, they go through your family, they, they do everything they can to try and control that environment. Mm-hmm. And when they can't, they attack you. And we saw, by the way, th- this is a tactic that was used in the, on the Democrats and the Republican side, yep. it's used everywhere, right? So as we walked down this path, we saw that power, money, you know, wh- what is his vice? And they found it, mm. they found it. And, and I do believe Lambert was a nice guy but he's lost the ability. He's lost the ability to fight for his constituents, and Dave is one of those guys that just does not care. Hmm. He doesn't care. They they attack him. He's like, what? Whatever. All right. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing.
3: Yeah, he doesn't care about the attacks. He cares yeah. deeply about his job. He takes right. cares
0: deeply about the people of right. Colorado, and right. he just continues to walk down this path. Um, I I believe that that we need we need fresh leadership all the way through. Agreed. And that on. In January of 2020, or excuse me, January 2017, when President Trump took his oath of office, he said that I do this to give back the power to the American people. Mm -hmm. And that always struck me because if you remember on the third, or excuse me, back in November of 2016, when President Trump was declared the winner, he was shocked. He actually did not think he was going to win. Yeah. And you could see it in his face when he stood up on that stage, the the, the magnitude. And I went back to, I, you know, I've, I've gone back and watched that tape of him uh, accepting becoming the president of the United States. And he literally believed the polls that he, it was 99% chance that he was going to lose. Sure. and. But he was going to fight all the way through it and he was right then that they fixed the election in 2016. Yeah. They fixed the election in 2012, they fixed the election in 2008. They fixed the election in 2004. they fixed the election. I mean, we can go back in history over the last couple of decades. They knew that the people were becoming too powerful in the country. That's why they opened up the borders and done all the things that yeah. done all the things that they're doing. But when we start looking at where we're at as a country, they're recognizing, that because of technology, because of access to information, people have become more intelligent mm. as they become more stupid. So more intelligent but lack lack character, lack courage. Some lack character, some lack courage. Yeah. To stand up and say, look, this is what I'm seeing. And they're like, oh, I just need to ignore it. I just need to ignore yeah. it. I just need to ignore it. And, and the reason why they're ignoring it is because of that. And that's why 2,000 Mules is, and again, we're going to continue to push 2,000 Mules mm. while telling you that when Biden said that they have created the largest election fraud group in the country, he said that before the election in 2020, he was not lying, yeah. they did.
3: Yeah, and we have that. Mr. Producer, can you please play the, the trailer for 2000 Meals and then we'll talk a, talk a little bit more about it.
0: We have put together, I think the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let
6: me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong. And they have little pieces. And no one's really put it together. I'm
0: agnostic on this question. And I, I am awaiting more information. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election.
4: Bold. Accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it.
2: We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? I've been working with Greg Phillips. He has a deep background in election intelligence.
6: True The Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. We identified in Atlanta 242 mules that went to an average of 24 drop boxes. But Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules. What is a mule?
4: Person picking up ballots and running them to the drop boxes.
6: This is not grandma walking her dog. Bad backgrounds, bad reputations. They are interested in one thing, that's money.
2: And in no shape, in no way, in no time is that legal.
6: This is organized crime. Do you have video evidence? Four million minutes of surveillance video around the country. What you're about to see is disturbing.
3: So this is uh, 1 o'clock in the morning.
6: Don't we all
4: vote at 1 o'clock in the morning?
3: On <laughs> one night, This person, this mule, went across
4: six counties to 27 different drop boxes.
3: I call it the Mexican Mafia, seriously, uh, because they they work like that. This is jaw-dropping. What you showed is frightening.
6: It's just sickening to me. Now we come to the most important question of all. Was the magnitude of vote trafficking enough to tip the balance in the 2020 presidential election? It's not a leap to say this would have made a difference. They have ruined election day in the United States of America.
0: That's provable. And that's enough for me to fight the left with every fiber in my body.
6: Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy.
0: And by the way, we're not a democracy. We're right. a constitutional republic. And the the reason why words matter is because they create concrete that you walk on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's the the interesting part about when you look at this movie is that this is just another piece. And one of the things that they said in that is they haven't seen any compelling information. Um, I, I take offense to some I of the things too. that are inside of this movie because – there is so much compelling information. I wanna I wanna talk really quickly about an organization called Marco Polo. There's guys like Garrett Ziegler mm-hmm. that that are that we've had on the show. We're gonna have him back on again, who's doing the work on the Hunter Biden laptop, but they're doing some deep dives into gathering information about Dominion Voting Systems, ESNS, and Smartmatic across the country. We have an extensive amount of information. But the, the reason why the 2,000 mules is more compelling than information because it, it happened in parallel with what they did to steel in technology, mm-hmm. right? and technology, right? And I want people to understand this. It's really, really important that you understand this. I understand technology. Now you remember back in, in December of 2020 when I built that, that model, mm-hmm. right? Mr. Producer, find the model if you would please. I built this model in December of 2020. How much information, Ash, was out in December of 2020 about Dominion voting systems? A lot. But how much of it was out about how they stole the election? They knew Barely it was stolen. Any. I mean, so when we go back in time and we look at that moment on November 6th when I was like up hunting hunting a, um, elk, and I was like, holy crap. And I got to see inside of the mind of the guy that is responsible for 50% of the votes across America and own the adjudication process, that that was just a look in. It was mm-hmm. it was the threats that came after, and it was the lawsuit that led me to do the deep dive into Dominion. And as we started seeing groups that were working on all of the algorithms and the connections between Dominion and Seidel and Seidel and and uh, uh, the Edison system, and then you had the Edison Zero, and how did you collect the ballots? It's hard for us to contextualize that to you, which yeah. is why I put it in one very simple diagram. Like, this is how, if I was stealing an election, based on all the manuals that I went through, all the system architecture, everything else, this is how I would steal an election. Mm-hmm. And this is where the holes were, and this is why you didn't need China. I didn't need China to steal an election with technology. Right. I didn't need it. Right. And so that's why, and I was quiet about this, but there was a lot of people coming out saying China stole it. Yeah, China stole it. And I kept saying to myself, China did not steal it. Yeah. I'm sure that they had something to do with it. I'm sure that their dollars hit somewhere. I, I know Serbia's dollars did and, and Ukraine is, is the hotbed for all this, but it's hard for us to explain it mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that you can understand it. Because frankly, most people don't understand how Facebook works. Right.
3: Most people can't figure out their phone settings.
0: Yeah, and, and so this is, what, this is why they have preyed on the American people. They preyed on us. This is why they've taken away mathematics and replaced it with Common Core is because math smooths out the edges and makes it very easy for you to understand the, the architecture behind the theft. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Draza Smith and she speaks, she speaks eloquently, tries to bring it down and just show you in graphs. You talk about Seth Keschel and he comes out and says, Look, these are the mathematical probabilities that can't happen. And they said, Well, mathematical probabilities don't matter. Yeah. And people go, Oh, but 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 they but they don't matter because it's still possible.
3: They really mattered during COVID though. It it did. Right. So that's selective. And I think, you know, you you hit the nail on the head for me because I am also a bit offended by, um, you know, bold accusations require bold evidence and the people haven't seen it. That's because the people haven't looked. As you said, you built that diagram in December. It's spot on. Right. I mean, you you nailed it in December. Draza Smith uh, discovered Edison zero in the spring of twenty twenty one. Edison zero is when all of the New York Times Edison reporting went down to zero and built itself back up in In every every single state on election night, which has never happened before. That is an unprecedented occurrence. Also unprecedented is the fact that five states, the five states that decided the election all stopped counting on election night. Right. So most of the people in this film, with I think the exception of um, Dinesh and uh, Eric Metaxas, weren't courageous enough to call out and question after the inauguration, right? Everybody was kind of like let's figure this out before the inauguration but then it was, you know, oh we have to move on. We have to move on from 2020. There's no moving on and I think this movie shows that. Um, So I'm grateful for the film. There are parts of it that are um, a little overproduced for me. There are but I I didn't see anything from a factual standpoint and I'm really curious to see how they refute it. Because it is it is facts and evidence, and it's facts and evidence that you you can you can make the the margin of the presidential election and the margin of the Senate runoff election on this ballot stuffing alone. And then we know that there are other methods involved. You know, after watching this movie, um, <coughs> one of the things that. It really resonates with me in a new way. Um, I did an event with Dr. Frank in April of 2021, and he told me at that time, and and I think it, it makes new sense to me now, he told me at that time the fraud is harvested at the precinct level, regulated at the county level, and decided at the state level, right? Now... Dr. Frank notoriously talks about math, mathematical and statistical probabilities. He um, has mapped out registration data over time according to age groups and and, and um, laid that up against turnout. And he saw it, right? Like he saw what was going on. When you consider now, you know, at the time it was, I was thinking that those were statements of the, the, the people in the fraud are um, – are har- you know harvesting at the precinct level they're making decisions at the precinct level they're making decisions at the county level they're making decisions at the state level his words are way more accurate than right. i gave him credit for right right
0: so, so as we i, I want to show this really quick sure. because please, you please. got to see it back in december mm-hmm. i went to washington dc in december and, and by the way i'm not the the know-it-all and all this stuff i'm the mm-hmm. system architect I'm, I'm the guy that literally built a system that's built on AI machine learning and built the math and the algorithms. I understand system architecture really well. Right. And so I built this model and to simplify for the American people because they wanted to know how, and I was like, well, here, this is really easy. And, and by the way, they, they wanted to attack this semantics Oh, there's no two adjudication processes. Mm -hmm. Well, you have an adjudication of signature. What's the word adjudication mean? And they say, well, no, that's no, signature verification. Okay, you're still adjudicating a signature. Mm-hmm. You still have to figure out whether or not you can true that signature up. Mr. Producer, go ahead and put up that picture if you would. No, that's <laughs> not the picture. That's, that's not the picture. Um, here it there is. It thank you. Thank you. Um, so we I, I did the probabilities of where these could occur, right? Because uh, out of everything that I was seeing inside of the model, this is where I knew that an outside registration system being open to the public, the CTTL, the, the um, ERIC system mm-hmm. that they have, and the fact that states were hooked into it, they could, they could decide and steal votes from anyone. Yeah. But as you walk through this, and I, for the, the audio version, I'm just going to go through this model that was built. This was built in December of 2020. This is December of 2020. I got sued, and I was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> it's on right? And this goes through absentee ballots or mail-in ballots specifically, and that you have to scan the envelopes for the barcode. It goes to adjudication one. I call it adjudication one. They, they call it signature verification. That can be done manually or through automation. Now, if it, it's compared to records, those records have to go to voter registration validation data. Typically, that's done through driver's license records. Um, or even records for requesting ballots, right? Depending on what state you're in. And this is a, a universal high level of what happened in every state. Compare the records, it, it is rejected. If it's rejected, it goes to right to cure. When it is cured, it goes back to the inspection process and then goes to verify, right? So it still has to come back to compare that record when they when they verify, that, verify out that signature. It is then verified the first place of which you can, uh, you know, I I call it the small cons and the big cons, because this is where we found ourselves kind of chasing um, affidavits, chasing things that were going wrong. We know that a process is not going to be perfect. We know that. We know that there's fraud that can exist. We know that there's incompetence. There's also just bad policy or process Mm -hmm. that can lead to breakdowns of uh, system architecture. Uh, But we also then have to adapt, examine whether or not these are faulty for a reason, or are they built for a reason? So as you go through the adjudication one compared to verified, you then have to then separate the, the envelope from the ballot. Well, and then you see on here the, the number two, small con, big con, and number three on the envelope that is where you can create, again, more areas where you can steal the election. If you have a certain number of envelopes and you're destroying the envelopes, which are part of the election process, then you can actually create fake and phantom ballots. It makes it very easy for that to happen. You notice that the, 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 how I built the diagram eliminates all of the, the hyperbole, all the, the rhetoric, the propaganda, any sort of uh, idea or theories. This is not a theory. This is what, in their own words, they, what they said at Dominion, all the way through the process that was going on inside of the system, okay? So fake and phantom ballots are put through tabulation. Tabulation then goes to adjudication too. So it can either go to good count or it can go to an adjudication. We found that a large number of ballots were going to adjudication, and then intent was determined. Intent is determined during adjudication, but you can suspend ballots. An
3: unprecedented number in
0: 2020. 20%, 25% in some states, as much as 99% in some precincts. But when you put it, you can suspend and create phantom ballots by their own standard, by by their manuals, Mm -hmm. this is what you can do. And you go to the adjudication, intent is determined, you have a good count, and the tabulation transfer is, again, where you can actually create more ballots because those phantom ballots are then pushed through as good counts. And you can do this all in the system, by the way, with one person centrally. It does not take 1,000 people. It doesn't take 2,000 mules. It takes one bad actor. An executable code and or executable standards, some way by which they can get into that system. And we know that, this, we know that this happened. We don't think it happened. We know that this happened because in the adjudication process, when all the systems went down, just in the swing states that we examined up to this point, in the middle of the night, at the same time, you saw this with Edison Zero, you saw this in the CITL information that was being transferred through, it went down and it came back up. Mm-hmm. The reason why you would have to do that is because in order to gather the information, you can leave this up, Mr. Producer, they don't need to see us for right now, And um, is that once you know who voted, once you have all of those out, and you have all of these ballots that are suspended in the tabulation environment, by the way, who owns the adjudication process?
3: Eric Coomer owns the Eric patent. Eric Coomer
0: owns the patent. Designed
3: okay. it and owns the patent.
0: All right. Assigned to HSS, HSBC uh, Bank as well, which we, we can talk about whether or not it's a Chinese bank or if it's it's a... Um, uh, European conglomerate based out of the UK, um, both can be true, um, depending on where you actually look at the information. But if you go through the tabulation, and you're able to suspend those ballots, see, they have to be assigned to someone. So if I get rid of the envelopes, Create chaos. There's opportunity and chaos, right? That's what the big con, the small con is. That's what happens when you're standing in, in New York City and they're taking the little ball and they're mm-hmm. moving it under three, three different things. And then all of a sudden you can't find it because they've created that chaos. It's a sleight of hand. Right. Once the system goes down, they've verified the votes. They have an outside registration system that says, hey, these are the votes that are, these are the votes that aren't. Take it down for one second, Mr. Producer. This right here, this right here is all you'd need. You'd need a phone. You need something the size of a phone to transfer all this data through any state in the country.
3: And then, you know, you talk about the complexity and the chaos of the system, but I want to go back to where you talked about adjudication too, right? Where they determine yeah. intent. Go ahead, put it back up. They look at, uh, they go at, you know, if, if a ballot get k- gets kicked over to adjudi- adjudication 2 they're, they're determining intent. The first thing that I thought of is Eric Coomer on film bragging about their database of hand-marked bubble circles so that they can make the that the machine can make their they have a massive database of machine made scribbles that look like hand scribbles and right. they brag about it well why do you need something like that
0: you you don't
3: right it's, it's, again, it's creating more chaos in a system. It's creating more um, opportunity and propensity for fraud. We do not need a system this complex. It is designed for fraud.
0: It, it, and that was what ASOG came out with. But once you, if you look at this diagram, you'll see that it says verified votes outside registration system. It could be, you don't need an internet a, a connection, although the internet connection is important for finishing any sort of con. Again, if you build a system that has this many, and by the way, if I built my system this way, then we wouldn't have a system because they would be able to lock down and attack our system in minutes. It would be minutes. Minutes. This is like a system that was built uh, back with, with cards, for computer cards. That is how many holes. The amount of holes in this election system is so bad that you'd, you could be a first-year guy at ITT Tech And figure out the vulnerabilities inside of Dominion Voting Systems just based on the written diagrams and the written manuals at Dominion Voting Systems. And then when you get into looking at the system specifically, and this is why I know they didn't come after me. This is why I know Eric Coomer came after me after he deleted everything, right? He deleted everything in his social platform, lied about it, wrote an op-ed, and then sued me for slander, right? And saying, I wasn't on that call. I don't know who he is. I didn't care who he was before this. And frankly, I, that wasn't my lane. Looking at an election fraud was not my lane. My lane was protecting people, the businesses across the country from being shut down and destroyed by big businesses and by this, this pandemic. So, you know, there, there is no co- collusion or anything else that happened. This right here, when we went to put it up on screen at Freedom Plaza, all the networks went dark.
3: Oh, yeah, that was what, All January, went dark. 5th, January right? 5th, yeah,
0: All of them went dark. Go ahead and take this down. I took the complex and made it simple. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why I get attacked by everyone, yeah. is I made it super simple. Th- this is how they did it. And then over the le- next year and a half, what have they done? They've validated everything that I've said in that diagram back in December of 2020. Yep. And so everyone says, Joe, you came out with the Eric Coomer stuff. No, I built the initial model, and then I compared notes with even D'Souza. I was on a, a call with D'Souza, and I was like, "This is what we found. What did you find?" Yeah. And he's like, "This is what we found." And then you had other people that had groups, and they what they found. And and so it bolsters up information, but it's so much more difficult to grasp because it's architecture. It's yeah. it's you, you know your house is built. You have electricity but do you really know how many wires that go through your walls and everything else you don't and that's why this is so important and that's why they have been able to suppress that information yep. so just a little dig on on the guy on the deal
3: yeah and as Sean Smith says the the complexity in our election system breeds and hides corruption that's what it is for that is what this system is designed for um, the you know I, we're we're out of time, but I want to um, first of all call to action for everyone to go and see 2,000 mules. Um, yeah. In I know in Colorado Springs they're playing it at fervent church on Telegram. U.S.E.I.P. will be streaming it. Um, and there's probably watch parties happening all over the nation in an area near you. If there's not, consider hosting one because it is a movie that everybody in America should see but the other thing that I think is um, you know something we need to we need to talk about is we you know have have had a lot of fun at the left's expense with regards to Twitter and how Elon Musk taking over Twitter has uh, you know caused meltdowns and everything but Mr. Producer if you could please put up c2
0: Yeah, so Twitter suspended the account of 2,000 yep. mules for putting out truth. This yeah. should scare you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, especially when they're trying to tell us that that whole time of censorship is over, right? We're, we're getting back to a place of free speech, right? Elon Musk has said repeatedly on Twitter, oh, Twitter needs to be a place of free speech. Um, but 2,000 mules account has been suspended, and I believe it was suspended last night. So uh, the second night, right, um, the May 2nd and May 4th, all over the nation select theaters, limited viewing of this film, and on the second night that it was being shown, their their Twitter account was suspended. So everybody needs to get loud about that and get mad about it and um, tweet at Elon, uh, you know, let, let people know what's going on, but more than anything, find a... Find a watch party. Go on. Go on Telegram and watch it with USCIP. Go. Uh, you know, find a local, a local group, or, or find a way to see this film. Um, everybody needs to see this film. And as the the show is entitled, there is no moving on from 2020 because everything we talk about, whether it's um, the continued long tail. Of COVID, uh, and you know we're all expecting the midterm variant. Whether it's Afghanistan or Russian Ukraine policy, the fact that we're continuing to give billions and billions of dollars to a war that has nothing to do with us, while Americans are experiencing 11 plus percent inflation and making decisions between prescriptions and food, um, all of these things, the border, uh, all it, CRT policy this is all consequences of a stolen election the fact that the, our society has been able to go downhill so fast I heard I saw it somewhere and I don't remember even what platform it was on let alone who said it but you cannot it was it was one of those memes with the change my mind the Steven Crowder change my mind and it said um, you can't destroy our nation this quickly unless that's your goal Change my mind and that's consequences of a stolen election the the globalists the the great reset crowd the world economic forum they need america gone they need our our national sovereignty and our american spirit and american identity and the idea of individual liberty and freedom they need it gone to bring about their new world order and they're going to have to go through us
0: yeah it and it's going to be a good go through us that that I, I think they'll regret. Um, <clears throat> so I, I have a, a special that I'll be doing to uh, later on this week um, that will probably not coincide with the nine o'clock or the four o'clock. I'll let you guys know what that is. But I want to I want to walk through some things. So I want to I want to bring something up because I think it's important. So somebody once said. Uh, so somebody said in the comments and uh, that uh, and this is the last time I'm going to address this piece uh, that I bought a house in Texas, right? And I did to get away from all the stuff that's happening to me. And that uh, asking people to help support um, the uh, legal fees that I've endured and the costs that I've endured that somehow uh, I'm living extravagantly through that. So I I wanna address that. Here's what you need to know, okay? I was very successful and ran a company for a decade. I had other companies as well. I had to divest from those things. I spent over a half a million dollars on legal fees. Um, the the people that are in our community have helped raise, I think about $90,000 towards legal fees. Um, I don't have a job. I don't get paid. People go, well, you can go into your savings. The, The reason why I came forward in November of 2020 was not for me. It was for all of us. The reason why I made the sacrifices that I did and my passion, by the way, is technology. It's technology. I love innovating in technology. It was a passion for me that I can't even explain. I was like a kid in a candy store and I had to give all that up. I had to give up my reputation, give up everything else. I did not go out and, and live extravagantly as, as um, people, have, uh, people being Max McGuire have actually said, right? And I think that the interesting part about this is that we have irreconcilable differences at times. And frankly, uh, I've also talked about the fact that when you operate at such a high level, when people are threatening your family, coming after your kids, when they're doing all of those things, you it's called adrenal fa- uh, fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I mean, literally sleeping with a, a gun next to your bed. And so all the people that want to say that, that somewhere along the line, that, that it's grifting, I, I want to clearly say this, I don't get paid to be on conservative daily, nor have I, I haven't not $1. And I do this every single day. I wake up every day. Right. And actually you don't get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Eventually you will. But you don't get paid to do it, and, and you give up your time, mm. and we give up our time to speak truth to you. I don't get paid for my business. I work 12 to 14 hours a day. I'm involved in multiple different things related to election fraud. Um, I, have a, I have a lawsuit that I have to go through, which is absolute BS. It's BS. I finally step away, and it's, it's, supposed to, it's, it's a luxurious, I went on a luxurious trip to Alaska, luxurious trip to Alaska. I was on a boat with bunks and I needed to get away and it was allowed me to reset, allowed me to get to a place where I recognized that I was a, I was a hammer and everything looked like a nail, Mm. everything. Now think about that. Think about when everyone is attacking you all day long, every day, that's all you get is attack, 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 attack. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to literally be the peacock all the time. Your feathers Mm. are always up and you're always ready for the fight. It doesn't mean that I won't punch someone in the mouth if they come after my family, but what it means is, is that now I can realize that I was headed down a path where I just, I was angry and I was able to let that go. So that trip to Alaska meant a lot to me. But if you think that it's it, this has been a fun 18 months, whereas Max says that I'm, I'm less of a conservative, you, you do not know the sacrifice that has to be made. You don't know the things that you have to go through mentally in order to accept that people are attacking you, your person, attacking your reputation, while your character stays intact. And anybody that knows the the, the evil of our society knows that, that that's that's the weapon they use to destroy you. First, we're gonna try and discredit you. After we can't discredit you, we're gonna keep hammering on you. We're gonna call you things that you're not. I can take all that, but I'm going to address it and tell you that it's not just my fight. It, it, it's not, let's run Joe into the ground and watch him become a martyr. When I, when I asked people for help to help with legal fees associated with Eric Coomer, it's because I'm right. Not because I'm wrong. When I got into this deal, I knew that night, my life would never be the same. And I would be able to give up everything that meant anything to me, excuse me, or have to Fight every single day to protect those things that are most important to me, i.e., my children, my family. I had to at times tell my kids to leave the state, go to a place. You have to get away from here. I'd have security on my children, and so if you think that at any point that this has been some sort of fun deal and I'm just out running things, I've sold all my cars, I've sold all my toys. Why? Because that is the that is the consequence of putting yourself out there and standing up for American people. That's why. That's the consequence. And it's not poor me. I made the decision. I'm a grown man. But I find it shameful that those people would attack me when they have not made any sort of sacrifice and have lived their life in what I consider one of the most prideful environments and shameful environments that they can.
1: Uh, Producer Zach here. Uh, Joe does not need to defend himself at all. This is all silliness. It needs to stop.
0: I'm I'm okay. Not, I'm okay. not, well, not
1: what you're saying. The the, it, it's just it's mind-boggling that this is happening and it's personal, and that's fine. But we have no reason to have to defend ourselves. It's just it's ridiculous. It, it's it's it, it's weary, and I don't think we need to do it anymore. It's I- just, I, I agree
3: much. that it's wholly it's wholly unnecessary for you to address, but I understand why you do it. Um, the The level that we're playing at, the stakes, the height of the stakes that are involved in what we're doing puts it puts us in. Um, and this is for this is for the majority of people that are engaged in this fight, not just for for you or for me or for someone like a Sean. Sean and I have talked about this in the past as well. 're in the you know you're in um, fight or flight response mode all the time, but people like us have no flight, right? And so we have this kind of constant heightened yeah. stress and it's not healthy and it's um, it's uh, you know there, there are physical effects that come off of that. But it's wholly unnecessary. And I, on this national day of prayer, I am going to pray that we stop responding to ineffective and unimportant trolls in the comments on yeah, the show.
0: I, th- I think it's the slander that bothers me the most. Yeah. I think it's a slander. It I mean, is. And
1: that's why I, like, I don't want to like have to defend you, but you're an awesome dude. Like yeah. you rock. Yeah. Like, that's I don't true. know why this is happening. It's so silly. It makes me upset. And I know it shouldn't, but it's just—it's so frustrating. It's like, what the heck is going on? You know, I don't get it.
3: Well, and I was—I an, was a member of the audience of this show before I was ever on it as a guest, and before I've been sitting in this chair. And um, you know, I've, I've known you since December of 2020. We met at the legislative audit hearing that took place um, in December, and I've, i have i have watched you. Through the majority of this entire journey I've gotten to know you. You and I have had some conflict, right? We've had um and I
0: always reconcile. Always. I always. Always. I, I always right? come back and if I'm wrong, I always come back and say, I should I did it with Sharona. Yeah. It was I always come back and I'm like, listen, I I don't know why I said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Forgive me. That I shouldn't have done that. We
3: all have we all have conflict. That's the nature that's the nature of the human condition. Conflict to me is not a bad thing, right? As long as it's intellectually honest and you're trying to get to a right answer. If you are creating conflict to the point of create division or for example because you've started a new show and it's, you know, flailing and you want to come in and try and attack your old show, um, find a life pal because the sacrifices that you've made the sacrifices that you know some of these people in this movement have made are astounding they you will be you know as was, we were watching um, 2000 Mules last night uh, Catherine Engelbach and Greg Phillips are heroes they're national heroes yes. and they will be recognized and remembered for the rest of time as American national heroes so are you so I'm, is Sean I'm, Smith. I'm not, so is Mike I'm not. Lindell.
0: I'm a, I'm a man that literally you have is humility doing what, and what, you're
3: humble and but but it's my turn now. You are the most important thing to me in a person that I have a relationship with is authenticity. Are you creating a facade or are you being authentically who you are, flaws and all? Do you own your mistakes? Are you authentic about it? Um, I don't get paid for Conservative Daily. I do this because I really enjoy it and I think that you and I have great chemistry we and do. it's and, and I think we put out good content. Um, I do get paid to work for Mike Lindell. He asked me to quit my job and to come work for him and I do. Mike Lindell is one of the most authentic, uh, probably the most authentic person I've ever met in my life and certainly the most authentic executive that i've ever worked for you're in that category as well sean is in that category as well the people that are leading the election integrity movement and really the freedom movement in this country are people who cannot be bought they're people who cannot be influenced by Um, attacks and slander and being called names right one of the things that really struck me in the movie 2000 mules is you know you see that group of conservatives all talking um and they they get to this point where they said well you'll be called a conspiracy theorist if you do that and my head almost exploded i mean we're talking about the 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 top lineup of salem media being afraid of what someone's going to call them when people like us who have nowhere near the resources that that those guys have are putting it all on the line, um, who are speaking truth. And if we, you know, get it wrong, we're the first to say, hey, you know what, we, we got that wrong. And we want to correct the record on that. The, the lack of integrity and intellectual honesty in the world today is... I mean it's the condition of the the father of lies owning this world, right? But as we said yesterday, we're called to be different and we're called to be the hands and feet and be the light in this world and you are absolutely that. And so I really hope that we that it is, you know, as you said the last time that we address certain people being in the comments of this show because quite frankly those people are wholly irrelevant.
0: Yeah, it uh it, it, uh, and by the way, Max is, uh, you know, I, I said it to him yesterday. I said, you know, it, it's, it's painful because I lost two brothers. One I can never talk to again cause he's dead. And the other because he chooses not to talk to me that he chooses to do these things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I, when I came back from Alaska, there's things that I, that I've said that are just not me. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I believe the people that are evil? What what do I believe evil should do? I'm going to tell you what I believe evil should do because my friend sent this to me yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I think that evil, you know, this is Thomas Jefferson, by the way. Um, and he sent it to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't really say that because they'll they'll misinterpret it again. But I think I need to. And, gosh, um, ah, crap, I can't find it but oh yeah, here it is. The remedy for evil men is not to aber is not abrogation of the rights of law abiding citizens. The remedy for evil men is the gallows. That's Thomas Jefferson said that. And, and I, and I, I did not, I didn't set out on this journey to talk about dragging people behind their cars. I didn't set out in this journey to talk about beating people's teeth in I didn't start out that way. I started out this way in shock that I would even have to stand up, that I was even put in a position where I would hear the things that I heard and then have the, the talents and abilities, to have the talents and abilities to, to, to literally know how to put the pieces together to say this is what the architecture looks like after reading manual after manual after manual, staying up overnight, night, night after night after night, taking the hits, having my tam- family attacked. And by the way, I was renovating my house back in March of 2020 because my lo- roof corrupt, co- collapsed. During the pandemic, it collapsed into my house while I was on vacation with my wife. It collapsed. And so I was living in an RV and had metal plates around my bed with security outside. Nobody really understands the gravity. Yeah. So I'll apologize for taking this much time at the very end of the, of the podcast. But um, I think that... Uh, It was good to let go. Yeah. It was good to let go of, of things that, you know, I'm not proud of saying and, but it, 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 I think it takes a man to be able to say that and my biggest fear was do not become the very thing that you're fighting against and then to to go away in silence and come back and say, Hey, that wasn't, that's not me. That's not who I am. And, and say, Wow. How do, how do I come back from that? How do I how do I get to a place now where now I'm reset? Now I'm at that place where I'm reset. And how do I make sure that that I have enough accountability partners and people in my life that they can say, "Hey, Joe, you got to you got to bring it down." Yeah. And I think that is the power of of uh, God's grace. Amen. I'll let you say the prayer on National okay. Prayer Day.
3: On National Prayer Day, I
0: love your prayers. <laughs> okay. So, and by the way, I've never said a prayer publicly until. We did it on the show, for real? Mm-mm. No, I I did not. I mean, I did in groups. Like you have groups yeah. of twenty guys, and we sit around. But never, never like um, where yeah. you're going. Whoa! I'm praying with tens of thousands of people. It's crazy. You're yeah. better at it than I am, but <laughs> I still do it.
3: It's just the words thing. Yeah, it's a bit of an unfair advantage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're a journalist. You're really
3: good with uh, words. All right. Oh, heavenly Father. We, we, we come into your presence, Lord. We thank you for this National Day of Prayer. We thank you that even in the midst of a society that seems to have run so far away from you that we still recognize a National Day of Prayer. Lord, we, we recognize you as sovereign, as the master of the universe. Adonalam, you are the beginning and the end You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are God. You are the King of the world. And there is no one that can even compare. Father God, we ask that you will continue to maximize your spirit within us. We ask that you would send your angel armies to surround those of us who are engaged in what feels like never-ending and unceasing conflict. We ask that you would give us a spirit of peace and that where reconciliation needs to be made, Lord, that you would show it to us and you would have us have the courage and the, the fortitude to, to walk through it and to make that reconciliation. Where, Father God, we have to dust our sandals off and walk away, we ask that you make that known to us as well. And that you have us do it. We want to stay firmly fixed in the center of your will. Your will is perfect. There is no error in you, God. You don't make mistakes. You don't get things wrong. You're sovereign. We're in a time, Lord, where there is so much conflict, where there are what feels like enemies all around us, and where sometimes we don't know which way to turn, and we don't know what to do, and we allow our flesh responses, we allow our emotions and our reactive instincts in contentious moments to take over when really we need to be still, when really we need to, to act as Christ would act, to act as Jesus would have act, acted in the same circumstances, Lord. We just pray that you'll help us. All, all you ask of us, Father God, is that we recognize you as sovereign and we try to stay in the center of your will, Lord. And that is my prayer for everybody listening to the show today, Lord. That that you will be magnified, that you will be glorified, that we will be obsessed f- with your glory, that we will be holy and uh, wholly dedicated and committed to bringing about your kingdom. Father God, we can feel it that time is short. We can feel it that spiritual forces and and principalities in this world are having their way, Lord. And I just ask that you would touch your people and that you would have us step into our authority as sons and daughters of God, that we would claim our birthright, in you, Lord, as your people, and that they, we would take, honest, t- take honestly and, and, and do earnestly what it is that you've called us to do. You've called each and every one of us for such a time as this, Lord. And each one of us has a different, unique set of experiences and passions and skills and talents. And you've put us exactly where we are in exactly the time that you've put us, because you've got work for us to do, Lord. And I just pray that everybody listening, anybody that is within the sound of this podcast, Lord, that you would you would put your hand on them, that you would put your spirit on them, Lord. I pray for Max and for his team. I pray for Jenna Griswold. I pray for Jared Polis, Lord. I pray that we would see a reawakening a revival in this country that defies all logic, that defies all reason, that can only be attributed to the spirit of God, Lord. And I'm just so grateful that you've placed me here and that I can be awake at this time, Lord. I pray that you give me the courage and, and the boldness to do what it is that you've placed me here to do, Lord. And I pray that for, for all of us. As we head out into this national day of prayer, Lord, we know that there are people praying at schools, that there are people praying in their office buildings all over the nation, Lord. We pray that you'll protect them, that you'll be with them, and that the the light that comes from them, from being in your presence and doing your will, Father God, that that would be magnified today. On this day, we honor you, Lord, and we give it to you, and we hold you first, in the first place of our hearts and our minds, and in our actions and in our words. Lord, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be in America, the greatest nation on earth. Thank you for allowing us to be w- awake during this intense time of confusion where nobody knows what's real. We know what's real, Lord. We have a firm foundation. We are fixed. We are fixed in you. Storms can come, Lord, but we will not be moved and we just praise you and glorify you and magnify you and thank you. I ask that you'll be with everybody listening today, Lord, and I ask that you'll just speak speak into the hearts of your people today, Lord. Help us all to level up because we're we're here for one purpose, and that's to bring you glory and to do your will. I ask all these things in the almighty name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Um, so we're out of time. Thank you. That mm. was awesome. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Oh, thank you, Tony, for the for the $25. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> 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 I should probably say that before. So there's a couple ways that you can support us, um, like Tony did. Um, thank you, Tony. Uh, but uh, you can uh, become a conservative daily uh, member we got some really cool boxes we're developing too which would be really cool that we're going to send everyone uh, for as little as ten dollars you become a member of conservative daily um, and uh, go to conservative-daily.com you also can become a member of fec united we're doing a lot of great things over there at fec um, we just launched the people's chamber of commerce so you can go to people'schamberofcommerce.com. It's a replacement for the Chamber of Commerce and allows for us members to, to actually become members of FEC and get access to businesses, but also to build a law and policy center um, so that we can have lawyers that can create lawfare to protect the people in their community across the nation. So big audacious dreams, kind of like when I built my tech company, same type of thing. I want to build something that protects the people in our country. have been working on it now for just over a year. It's been crazy. We finally got it over the finish line. Um, so you can you can uh, go to FEC United and figure out or find out about that as well. That's FECUnited.com. Um, become a member, at sixty dollars a year, or the business members are I think five hundred to fifteen hundred depending on what you are. And the first year honestly is going to be growing across the country and hiring our first attorneys and doing those things. So a lot of great things happening. Um, otherwise, we you know you can follow us on Rumble. Uh, you can go to Rumble and watch us. You can also find us live at conservative-daily.com, DLive, Caught, Caught hub and Frank's Beach. Um, uh, if you want to listen to us, yeah, smash the Rumble button on your way out if you would. I would appreciate it. Ash would appreciate it. Uh, if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Uh, go over and give us a five-star review. And um, if you know someone that needs to hear this, what we talked about today, please share it with them. Um, We'll be doing cut ups and pieces. We got somebody that's going to be coming in doing that. So we'll have some of these prayers. I think we just take these prayers and put them out there so people can hear them specifically. That prayer was amazing. Um, Also, um, you can subscribe to our newsletter below. um, And uh, that's it. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Oh, can
3: I say one thing before we go? Um, I I had an opportunity to speak to um, Mr. Lindell's team this morning, and they have launched the My Store today. It's mystore.com. This is a platform that, uh, Mike Lindell has created specifically for entrepreneurs to provide a platform where they can, um, where they can sell their, uh, their products without having to, you know, go through all the, all, you know, the, uh, creating your own platform is not an easy thing to do. Right. And so this is a, uh, platform where I think the majority of the products on here are America made. I have bought several of these things as gifts. Um, there's all kinds of products up there. They're growing it as well. Yeah. And so, um, I would encourage people to go check it out. And if you're shopping at my pillow, use code CD one, CD 21,
0: CD 21, CD 21. 21, CD 21. And if you use that code, you can save up to, I think 80%. Um, uh, 66%. I d- you no, know, I think it's eighty percent on that. Depends on, that on the page. product. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, it depends on the product, and um, I highly, highly recommend the slippers. I yeah. barely ever take them off.
0: P- pretty crazy deal. I mean, Mike is just an amazing man. I mean, he I is. just want you to know he's everything that they, they that he, he's everything that he says he is, and he's nothing that they say he is. Yeah. Right. So very good man. So that's it for Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Joe Altman,
3: and I'm up.
0: And it's great to see you. Have a great day. God bless you, and we'll see you tonight at four o'clock.